Welcome to A Better Way with Real Estate, a podcast series hosted by real estate investor, Brian O'Neill. During each episode, we'll give practical advice for individuals and families navigating the many hurdles in the home buying and selling process. There is a better way with real estate that supports the goals and needs of your family, and we're here to help. Listen along as we help families like yours, one home at a time. Today, we are speaking with Dr. Amanda. She is known as the money healer, the founder of NFA, No Effing Around Money, the host of the NFA Money YouTube channel, and she's been featured on over 100 podcasts. After going from food stamps to building a six-figure business fast, Dr. Amanda's been on a quest to teach entrepreneurs her three-step NFA money formula so they can confidently attract easier money into their business with less stress and more joy. Check out her proven step-by-step formula at nfamoneyformula.com. All right, everyone, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Dr. Amanda, welcome to the show. So honored to have you today. I woke up super excited for this interview today, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And uh, for all the for all the listeners out there, uh, Dr. Amanda and I have known each other for quite some time, and uh, and we work together, and it's been a tremendous experience. But you know, let's let's talk about the uh, the NFA money. We're going to get into NFA money. I want you to describe what that is. I want you to describe it. <laughs> and then I also, you know, I, we got to hear about, I said it in the intro, we got to hear about the food stamps to where you are now. Just, it's yeah. such a powerful, such a powerful thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, so company wise, NFA money. So NFA stands for no fucking around. And, you know, the heart of that is really about radical responsibility to create your reality. So whenever I think about NFA as a motto or a mantra, it's like NFA joy, NFA love, NFA zone of genius, NFA doing what you love. And then that results in NFA money. And so the amount of money that you choose to bring into your life is really going to be dependent on how you decide to empower yourself, to master your money mindset, to attract everything that you choose to attract your way. And it's pretty wild because it's a simpler process than people think. The steps are easy, but we get so stuck in so many things because money brings up everything, you know, resentment, fear, jealousy, anger, frustration, inadequacy, imposter syndrome. I mean, so many things. And so I love to work with people on money because of my history with it. And so, you know, going from food stamps to building a six-figure business fast has been something that in the process I never knew would be such a powerful story to share. And it also is because I I realize that it is because people really resonate with it and they go like, whoa, if you can do that, I can do it too. And so, you know, for me, it really started with laying on the floor crying one night. I had left my 15-year marriage having an affair and my next relationship wasn't working. So here I am in the basement. My boyfriend had moved out and all this furniture was gone because it was like my furniture upstairs, his down. So he moved out and there's empty basement. And I had spent the day on Craigslist looking for places to live and I couldn't afford any of them. So I'm on the floor crying going like, oh my God, where am I going to house me and my three kids? I'm in grad school. I was already working extra jobs and I was already on food stamps. And I was like, this sucks. And I had this thought about, you know, no one's coming to save me. I don't have anyone anymore. I'm completely alone. And why is this happening to me? 
And I, I was just crying and feeling pretty sorry for myself and really scared. And the, the amazing thing that happened that moment was, I was like, I got to do whatever it takes to shift this reality because I'm the common denominator in the situation. Like, this is me. I have a problem with relationships and I got to fix my money situation. And it led me to listening to podcasts because I was so busy and I could learn on the go. And so I started listening to podcasts every chance I got. It was like, you know, double speed while I was washing the dishes and while I was showering and when I was walking to school and when I was taking my kids to school and I just started to change from the inside out. And I learned, oh, relationships are a skill. Money is a skill. And you can actually learn how to totally change yourself from the inside out. And what that led me to was then taking the leap into building a business. And in that first year, I went six figures. Wow. Amazing. So, you know, it's interesting too, because you you talk to these six-figure, seven-figure business owners, and it's like, you just think that they just like were birthed that way. You know, like, <laughs> like oh, hey, here I am. This has been me the whole time. But no, there's always, there's always a, a story. There's always struggle. There's always, a, and I know we don't, we don't use that word, but I just did. There's always those moments uh, where, where, and you just described your moment. And I wrote down I wrote down you had an awareness awareness moment. So in all this, you know, in, in all this sadness and pain, and just you feeling uh, terrible and feeling sorry for yourself, you had this awareness moment where, like, hey, I've got to get out of this. What do you think? What do you think it was that really helped you break through at that at that at that point at that moment? You know, it's such a good question, and it's so true. It takes that moment. I call it in the NFA money formula. It's the first step is recognition. Like mm-hmm. you have to recognize where you're actually at. And in that moment, when I recognize, like no one's coming to save me, and I'm the center of this, meaning there's no one to blame but myself. And not in a way where you're beating yourself up and feeling bad. It's in a way where you go, like, oh, the only power I have here is actually to decide that I can do something different. And so I decided to stop blaming other people and take responsibility for my reality. And that was, it was a really powerful shift. And I, and, and to me, something that comes up for people a lot is pain. You know, there's only three things that cause us to change. One is developmental trajectories, like aging, you know, like when you're 10, you don't want the same thing as when you're 30. And so you're going to change. It could be, um, life circumstances that are usually somewhat cataclysmic feeling. And when I say cataclysmic in quotes, it's like sickness, divorce, affairs, uh, moving, having kids, like things that are big events will cause you to change. And then the third thing is choice. And so for me in that moment, it was this cataclysmic event. It was like, oh man, I just, I left my marriage. My next relationship's not working here. I am as a single mom in grad school and my life sucks. And at the, that bottom point, I really, you know, it was so much pain that I didn't want to suffer like that anymore. And so pain can be a very powerful motivating force to shift you in a new direction. Definitely. It, it, it can. And, and I want to talk to you about money blocks because we all have them. I don't think most of us know that we have them. Right. And this is something you and I were, you've helped me with tremendously and, and countless others. Can you just maybe kind of, I'm leading in here, but what are money blocks and, and, and how do we discover them? And then you've got a whole, you've got a whole formula and process to, to identify and then, you know, reframe. Let's talk, please talk about it. 
Yeah. You know, I love that you said that most people don't know that they have them. And it's so true. I think Mm -hmm. that we go through life often with, I like to think about it as with the gas pedal on at the same time as the brake. And so it's like, we're pushing hard going, oh, if I just push harder, I'll get there somehow. But the whole time you have the brake on and you don't even know it. And I think about money blocks in this way. It's something I came up with a term called competing commitments. And the reason for that term is because I would do money stories with my clients and I'd see the same patterns over and over again. And in the way that they approach their business, same patterns where they'd say one thing like, oh, I, I want a successful business. I want to you know, be financially free, but then they would hesitate hesitate, procrastinate, beat themselves up and not be able to get there or get stuck in a lot of places. And so I thought there's, this is interesting. And, and what I came up with was competing commitments. So it's where you're unconscious and your conscious battle against each other. And 95% of us is run from our unconscious. 95%. So if you have a belief, you have a conscious belief, I want this, but then you have 95% of you believing you're not capable, you're not good enough. What if I fail? All of those imposter syndrome, fears, and doubts and uncertainties that get triggered when you start a business, then that 95% of you is always going to win because it's 95% of you. And so money blocks are just money-based competing commitments where you, you're not conscious of it. And so people don't even know that this is going on. It's really interesting to teach about money blocks because it's like, I tell people, you know, you, you have a money block and over and over again, they'll say, I don't have any money blocks. I love money. And then we start talking about it and it's like, oh, 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 <laughs> you mean when I'm afraid to promote myself, that's a money block. Or when, you know, I doubt what I can offer in my services, that's a money block, or I'm afraid to sell. That's a money block. And so I saw patterns time and time again, and that come up into these three categories. So money is bad, money is scarce, and money causes stress. And under each of these are hundreds of thoughts about money and beliefs about money that are causing you to not be able to get where you want to go. So I like to think about the three main ones as kind of like paradigm money beliefs, where you know, if you have a money is bad money belief, you're going to have a hard time charging what you're worth mm-hmm. because you're going to think it's not spiritual to make that amount of money. Or you might be afraid that if you make too much money, you're going to be seen as a bad person. You know, that belief, like you look at, at wealthy people and you're like, you don't trust them. And you think maybe they're greedy jerks. What if I turn into a greedy jerk? So that could be money is bad money block running for you. Money is scarce is one that happens a lot for entrepreneurs where it's this constant quest for more money and not enjoying the process of making money and then fearful that it's never going to be enough. So even if you have really successful months, even successful years, there's always this underlying fear, like what if it's never enough? And then it's also this black and white thing of like, I can't have a successful business and an amazing relationship. I can't have a successful business and take care of my body. And there's so there's a lot of scarcity going on there. And then money causes stress is a big one too. So money causes stress could be, let's say you saw your parents fighting a lot about money when you were little. That could be one way that this started to happen for you. And it could be that they either made a lot of money or they didn't make a lot of money. It doesn't matter the amount. It's just that you started to see and observe that money causes stress. So in your mind, you have a subconscious belief if money causes is stress, I better not make too much of it because then what will happen to me? And so you'll always sabotage yourself when you get to a certain money set point, because you have this fear that the more I make, the more stress I'll have. It might be too much responsibility. I might not know how to manage it. Um, And and so we have all of these self-sabotage things that happen when we're operating under these money blocks in our business. 
We do. And so the unconscious, you touched upon a little bit there, uh, the subconscious, you know, it all, you just, you went back to it. You, these beliefs that you've developed and a lot of them happen when we're children. Yeah. Right. It's amazing how much, how our childhood is, is connected. And, you know, we just never really go back and peel the onion back and evaluate it. And that's something that you help business owners with is going back to where did you, your first beliefs about money? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Can you expand on that a little bit more and how, cause that it was a difficult process for me and I resisted it, but once you go there, it's extremely eye-opening. It's like, oh yeah, these aha moments where, oh yeah, I do believe that. And this is how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something I think that's always important to say here too, is it, this isn't about beating our parents up <laughs> Yes, yes. that's easy to do. Right. It's like, oh, we'll see. No, I can blame my parents for all the ways that I'm not getting what I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's important to remember anytime you're going into your childhood to, re- to it, it's not about getting stuck there and overemphasizing it. I think sometimes the difference between coaching and therapy model is therapy can go back and back and back and keep talking about all those things. The goal in money work with the, I work with people on is to, is it's like, oh, let's highlight the belief and where it came from. So then we can reframe it and reshift it and reprogram our money mindset as fast as possible. It's not about judging into the past to awaken all this trauma and wounding to make you feel worse. It's about like, Ooh, what is my belief that I got from watching my parents get divorced? And then one parent having a lot of money and the other one, not like, what do you believe about that? Most people will never even stop to think about that. They just are awash in it all the time. And then later in their lives, when they're having all these stuck points in their money reality, currently, they don't think to look back and go, what do I believe about money? What was my first money memory? What did my parents tell me about money? What did I, what did my preachers, teachers, schools, the media tell me about money? And so this is something that's a lifelong investigation and inquiry. And you'll really start to see overlaps between going like, oh, you'll have these awakening moments where you go, oh, that makes so much sense why I'm so scared in this way. And the second you shift that thought, you can then shift your reality. And so, you know, digging into your childhood beliefs, the reason that we go to our childhood is because from ages zero to seven, we're like sponges absorbing everything around us with no filtration system. And so we take all of that information in and just believe it to be what it is. And we don't question it. We don't doubt it. We just go like, this is truth. And it becomes what I call your money OS or your money operating system. And that's how you create your life. And what you believe is what you look for in your reality. And so that's what what expands. And so until you get conscious of what your beliefs are, it's impossible to consciously and deliberately create what you desire. Yeah, it was interesting when you said the zero to seven age group is like when we get all these downloads, right? And when I first heard that, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, my son is 10 now. It's like, what have I... What have I, what have I done? You know, how I hope, I hope I programmed in the right way. So I think just taking what you said as a, as a parent and any, any, anyone's listening as a, as a parent, like this matters, right? Like how yeah. you, how you speak to your, to your kids about money will, will show up eventually. Um, or it, it definitely will. It's not, like you said, 95% of the unconscious, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I love that you said that because I think a lot of people listen to that be like, they have the exact same that they're like, Oh no, I've really messed my kids up. 
because <laughs> I didn't know any of these things. And here's the cool thing. At any point in time, starting from today forward, you can change your reality because our brain, is, you know, we have what's called brain plasticity, which is really cool. You can actually reprogram your money mindset. We used to think it was much more static, you know, neuroscientists with the technology that we have and the research we have now, we know that your brain is constantly changing and you can rewire your brain. So don't, you know, parents out there, don't freak out and be like, oh no, I really messed my kids up. <laughs> And you can change, you know, it's really cool. My um, oldest daughter is in one of my masterminds and she's just having all these awesome awakenings about money. And, and it's, it's so fun to watch. And I'm like, awesome. Like I can change my kids' money mindset because I mean, everyone here, I promise you, I gave my kids some crazy messages about money. I mean, I was in scarcity mode all the time, completely felt like a victim. We went to brunch the other day and it was so fun because, because we have these really open money conversations and my son wanted like the most expensive thing on the menu. And he's like, mom, is that okay? And I'm like, get whatever you want. And we had this conversation around, they're not used to me having money and being like, get whatever you want. You know, it's still like this habit in their being. And so they're going to need to break down some of their money stories of like, there's never enough. And what if it runs out and all of those things that they got programmed when we were on food stamps and living in subsidized housing for several years. Oh, yeah. And I think it's important, like, because my money story or, you know, my downloads were to everything you just said, bad, scare, stress. It's like, well, that's none of your business. You know, that's none of your business, what I earn or how much this yeah. costs. And, you know, I remember. And then, so then what happens is that it shows up in when my son starts to ask about it, right? Well, yeah. it's none of your business. Well, well, now it is. Now I talk to him. Now I talk to him about it because I want his, I want his downloads to be to be different that it's not, I think, I think a lot of people are similar to that where it's just an, maybe an, un, you know, correct me if I'm using the wrong word. It's an uncomfortable topic for a lot of oh, people. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, I we can't it. talk about it. Yeah. It, what you're saying is so important because that's, I think that's why most people don't want to talk about it. It's like, it, they go, and exactly like you're saying, a kid will ask questions about money and they're like, we don't, it, it basically, the message they send them is we don't talk about money. And then a kid is left to wonder why. And what they fill in the blank with usually is money is bad. Money is scarce and money causes stress, right? They go, well, if they don't want to talk about it, it's something to feel shameful about, or it's something to hide, or it's something that is embarrassing. If I do bring it up, like it's not a good thing. And so we send our kids these subliminal messages, like don't talk about money. It's a private issue. And it's something that you don't really want to talk about at the dinner table. Like I tell people, you know, the two things that no one wants to talk about at the dinner table is sex and money. <laughs> and it's true, right? It's like, and the only thing your kid can think is like, well, something about money is not good to talk about. And then they recreate that in their lives. And that's why it's hard for people to ask for help about, around money. Yeah. And ki and kids are so darn curious. Yeah. That's what they want to talk about. Like, how much does this cost? Right. So, it, or, or, you know, how much do you earn, dad? Or, or, you know, how much does this house cost? And, you know, the immediate knee jerk is, well, you know, you don't need to know that. Yeah. And you know? why? So, right. Like, why is that the immediate response? Like, what's he going to do? Because then, because, well, maybe, I mean, it's almost like a, a little lesson here for me is like, I always, I would always think like, he's going to go out and spread and it tell to the everybody. universe. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like you know? my parents' house costs this much and my dad makes this much. And then why would we care about that even? 
That's a good point. And they're probably going to do it anyways. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, my, they tell our, the kids tell stories, you know, that don't even exist. So it, <laughs> you might as well give them the truth. Right. And so in true. this day and age, all you got to do is look on the internet. You can figure out what anybody's house costs. So the yeah. parents, the parents know anyway. So um, yeah. this isn't a, this is an important lesson with, I mean, that's one of the biggest takeaways. I think that I've got many takeaways from you, but one of the biggest one is, you know, how I speak to my, to my kid about money and not make it like a taboo topic. You know, like we, we, we can't, we can't have this conversation because again, they're, this is, they're collecting all this information. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I don't want to, I'm messing them. I, I, there's other ways to mess them up. Let's not mess up these <laughs> money blocks, you know? Yeah. You know, I love, I think it's important for everyone here who is a parent or thinking about being a parent at some point, or even in your relationships, talk about money openly, you know, like one thing you can do with your kids is just ask them a question. What do you think about money? How does money make you feel? Like ask those questions. What do you think about money? How does money make you feel? And just listen and see what they have to say. You'll get a lot of information there and then just start open door conversations about it. Anything that you are repressing is going to get expressed in your kids. And so if you're repressing, if you're feeling fearful and anxious about money, your kids feel it. They know it. Yeah. You don't have to say it for them to know it. And so we want to bring it into the light, even to say to your kids, sometimes I'm scared about money. I, I worry about money. Like that helps them know that it's human to worry and it's human to be scared. You know, it, share with them. I, I love money and I am excited to create all the money in the world. Like let, let them imprint that message and then talk to them about strategic ways to make money. You know, I think how different would our world be if instead of teaching our kids, go to school, get good grades, get a good job and work hard until you retire and then you'll be happy. Like what if instead we taught our kids do what you love to make money, how many fun and creative ways can you come up with to make money? And then how can you have your money make money for you so that you have time freedom? Like, what if we taught our kids that at a young age, their brain would be structured completely differently and they would look for very different types of, of opportunities as they grow up. Completely different. Completely. Yeah. yeah what if I mean, I wouldn't even, what if that did happen? What would it right? look like? You yeah. Know? I mean, my, my child, you know, my kid is been talking, he's talking about college now. And, you know, again, that's, what's being shoved down the throat right now. Yeah. And I, you know, and I remember it's like, Hey, you, you know, you, same thing, my parents. And I, I literally told them the other day, I'm like, if you don't go to college, that would be fine. Yeah. Like, like you don't you have, have you don't have to go. Right. Uh, yeah. I said, don't, I don't want you to think that I, we expect you to go. Do I want you to do good in school? Yes. Yeah. But I'm going to, uh, we're also going to teach you what they don't teach you at school. Yeah. Well, and it's always related to the why behind it, the intention behind it. What is the purpose of going to school? What is the purpose of being an entrepreneur? What is the purpose of making money? And if you really look and peel all the layers back of all that, 99% of people will say freedom. I, I, mm. I want freedom and fulfillment, right? And really what that is, is freedom of choice to do what I want with my time because time is our most precious commodity. It, you never get more of it. Every day you, you spend all your time and you never are getting more of it, right? And so it's yeah. like, what a, freedom of time is really what most people want. When we say we want financial freedom, why is that? Because they want to choose what they do with their time. Which is, again, like you said, most valuable commodity. Uh, you've opened my eyes to that. 
tremendously and and uh, worked very hard to get a lot of it back because you can it can get away from you. It does get away from you, especially yeah. as as a business owner, right? And you there's something that you, you talk about uh, a lot, which is alignment, right? Or your or your values. Speak on that if you could. Yeah. Yeah. So alignment, you'll know what you're in alignment. The easiest way to know is you feel good. It's really simple. You feel bad. You're out of alignment. You feel good. You're in alignment. And that takes somebody who's consciously aware of their day because, you know, everyone here could just ask themselves in the morning how on a rating of one to 10, one being pretty low, 10 being the highest. How do I feel when I wake up? How do I feel energetically? How do I feel in my mind? Am I worried? Am I excited and inspired for the day? And if you're waking up every day at a five, that's out of alignment. And we want to get you to a 10. Not that the expectation is that you're going to always be at a 10. And yet I do see people who work on the things that I teach moving more and more and more into 10 much more regularly. And I think the goal of our life, complete fulfillment would be that we're at a 10 all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not that things that are challenging don't come your way. You see them very differently and you always see them as on the way to fulfilling your vision instead of in the way. So alignment happens when you're, in my mind, living in your zone of genius waking up doing what you love. You do the things that bring you joy. As a business owner, you drop, automate, and delegate anything that is not bringing you joy. So that means you want to journal every day and go, what's working, what's not, and what's next, meaning what do I drop, automate, or delegate? Because once you delegate away the things that you don't enjoy and, and you give it to the people who love doing it, you get to do more of what you love. Money comes to you more magnetically. You want to be the most magnetic to money that you can be. And that takes you being in a high frequency, which when you're aligned, you're in the highest frequency possible. Brilliant zone of genius. I think most of us are, we're not there. And what do you, we're, I think a lot of us are afraid to be in our zone of genius too. Mm-hmm. Um what do you what do you see with a lot of your brand new clients or people who are maybe thinking about working with you that's preventing them from being in their zone of genius? Oh, such a good question. And you're so right. <laughs> most people, I think most, it, yes, most people are afraid first to live in their zone of genius. First, they wouldn't even consider like that they could live in their zone of genius most of the time. Part of it's from that conditioning of being told you, you, you like just suck it up, do what you've got to do right? Like this is what you have to do. Life is hard. How many times have we heard life is hard? Just do it. You know, it's like we get conditioned over and over and over that life shouldn't really feel good. And if we do feel good, it's almost like something's wrong. I even have people, you know, that as they up-level themselves, I'll notice that clients, I I always remind them like, Hey, this is what we're looking out for. Because as you start to up-level, you're going to get scared and you're going to feel guilty. And you're going to worry and you're going to want to sabotage because we are conditioned to be addicted to stress. We've created lives where we're addicted to stress. And when you start to step out of, of the stress and you start feeling better and better and better, it's, it's like this foreign experience to our being. And it's like, Ooh, our inner critic is designed to keep us safe. And so our inner critic goes, I better pull you back into this stress. Otherwise I don't know what to do because this is all new. I'm out of the comfort zone. So comfort zone keeps you really stuck in that model of not living in your zone of genius and staying in the comfort zone. And I call it the curse of the comfort zone because in comfort zone, yeah, you're okay. Life is okay, but who wants to live an okay life? (laughs) We want to live a vibrant, alive, amazing, awake, 
awakened abundant life where we're like every day waking up on fire and alive. And so that's why people get stuck. And so they don't know it's possible. They feel guilty being happy. They're not really willing to feel good. They're addicted to stress. And so what it takes is is small shifts. So I, I like to think of these as micro habits or even just micro stretches, because if you stretch too far, too fast, your inner critic has what I call an invisible leash and it pulls you back. It's like, get back here. I don't know how to deal with that. It's kind of like as we um, up-level our savings accounts or our investments accounts, if you do it strategically a little bit over time, every quarter, raise it 10%, raise it 10%, you don't even notice the difference in your bank account. But if you do it like overnight, you go from, I don't save anything, I'm saving $1,000 a month, you'll feel it too much to where it's not viable. And so same thing with your mindset and the way you start to feel better every day, you want to up-level it a little bit every day. And you just go like, do I feel good today? Ooh, I'm going to do a little bit more of what brings me joy. I'm going to do a little bit more of what brings me joy. And then you just keep going. I mean, I would think when I started this process, (laughs) I was probably, I mean, I, you know, I was in grad school and I love learning. And I love teaching. And so I had a lot of joy in those ways, but I was stressed to hell. And it was a hard job, really hard job for very low pay. And, you know, here I'm on food stamps and I'm surrounded by a lot of wealthy people. So like my friends would go to like Europe for spring break and I'd be home with my kids, like eating beans and rice, going on picnics to the park for spring break. <laughs> and so I had a lot of frustration there. And so I'd say my life was at like, you know, a five or a six of joy. Mm. And as I've done this type of work, it's like, I wake up most days at a 10, you know, I'm like, I feel good. I love my life. I love my husband. I love my kids. I love what I do in the world. And anytime I feel that offness where I go, like, I'm not at a 10, I always question it. And I go, where am I out of alignment and why, and how do I get back into alignment? And typically it's doing things like dropping, automating and delegating. So you go, okay, the drop things are the nonsense things that you just don't need to be doing that you've been told you should do. And, and that's another thing, you know, you ask the question, why do people not live in their zone of genius or what scares them about it? We get told all the time what we're supposed to do and it, and we believe it and we live by it and we create prisons out of our life. So the things that you want to drop are the things that like aren't moving the needle forward and you're just doing it because of the busy work of it. And you think somewhere along the line, someone told you, you should be doing this in your business. So you need to get clear. Are there things I can drop? Automation is going to be through systems and through, uh, you know, like even your morning routine is an automated habit. So you want to get into automated habits of success. And then delegating is another powerful way to start freeing up time for you to live more in your zone of genius. And so all of this is strategic. It's so easy to say, live and joy every day. (laughs) And if you're going from a five to just going like, how do I do that? It's stage-based, it's process-based, it's reprogramming your mindset over time. And and that's always what I'm teaching people. Like, how do we do this over time so that you just feel better and better and better and better over time? What are some, that's so great. I love that. And all of us can live in our zone of genius. We can all be tens. You know, we all have, um, we all have something in us that we can, we can turn into a business, right? You just got to go discover it. And then again, you can live in that zone of genius. And then you just mentioned three simple things, drop, delegate, drop, automate, delegate, micro habits. I love that because I think a lot of, at least a lot of new new business owners or new investors, I'm, I'm, I'm in real estate, new investors are trying to chop the whole tree down, you know, like mm-hmm. in, in the in the first day. So what would be <laughs> maybe like a micro habit or two that someone could put in place now? Uh, where they wouldn't wouldn't maybe feel so stressed out. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because it's exactly how most entrepreneurs fail. And, and I don't even like the word fail because I don't think anything is ever really a failure, but it's how they give up on their business, let's say, because they think if they're not getting super fast results, it means they should quit. And, and they get frustrated because they have very unrealistic expectations about the process. And so, you know, staying in the game long-term, and this is going to sound I think somewhat silly. I think when people hear this, like, come on, give me something that's really practical, directly related to me making more money. I would say, start with your morning routine. And here's why, because your energetic alignment is what causes you to attract money and opportunities your way. So if you're out of alignment, you're creating resistance, which actually causes you to repel opportunities and, and forces you to have to work harder and harder and harder. And then you get into that burnout cycle where you're like, why am I even building this business? It sucks. Mm -hmm. So you've got to start with daily alignment and, and you've got to, that's got to be a lifelong habit. And for people who aren't doing anything like that, start small. 10 minutes, start with 10, stretch it to 12, stretch it to 15, stretch it to 20, stretch it. You know, now my morning routine is two hours and I freaking love it, you know? And so you've got to start small. If you're not doing it at all, start with 10 minutes. And that 10 minutes could include, okay, I'm going to read one page of a book. I'm going to write one page in my journal and I'm going to meditate for two minutes. Yeah. And that's your 10 minute habit. And then you up level it. And then you extend the time you do each of those things. Most people, <laughs> they, when they start to create new habits, they just go so big and it's not sustainable. And then they beat themselves up and then it keeps recreating that story. Like, see, I don't follow through on what I said I would do. And then that's how their whole life plays out. That's awesome. That's kind of like the new year's resolution, you know, or I'm going to go to the yeah. gym and then you go for like two weeks and then you stop, right. you know? Right. Okay. So you said it, you have a two hour morning routine. Successful people have morning routines. That's what I've discovered. I'd be yeah. sick to it. So give me the, like the, give us like the two minute version of the two hour version. Cause God, I love curious. my morning routine. Yeah. So I, I read every day, love reading. Like I think everyone needs to constantly be learning. You've got to saturate your brain with the knowledge of the information that of, of focusing on the direction you want to go in and then implementing it. So learning every day. So it always includes reading, always includes journaling, meditation, and then uh, four to five days a week exercise also. And so that's my morning routine. And, you know, I, I vary it based on, you know, the, the, the best days it's two hours. Some days I get half this morning, I had a project deadline. So I did a half an hour morning routine because right. actually that's not true because I exercise too. So I did an hour morning routine. So I, I way shortened my reading, my journaling and my um, meditation. So I did, I only read two pages of this book that I love. Then I did one page of scripting in my journal and then I meditated for 20 minutes and then I did my workout. So I, I shortened it. Sometimes if I'm not working out and I don't have time, I, don't, I haven't created as much time, then I will shorten the routine. And my schedule is set around optimization of myself. And so I... I choose to, you know, schedule my appointments at a certain time based on I, I, my morning routine is priority because I know that when I'm aligned, I will then attract opportunities my way. That is how I broke through to a six figure business. This didn't all happen my first year because a lot of this was learning. My first year was a lot of fear and force. <laughs> it was like working hard to break through to six figures. My first year, every year it's gotten easier and easier. And my new mantra and motto is work less, make more, have fun. 
And as I do that every year in my business, I've made more money, I've worked less hours, and I've had way more fun because I'm living more and more in my zone of genius. Right. And you're dropping auto, automating and delegating. Exactly. So, yeah. Perfect. I love that you prioritize your routine. Like it's in your, it's in your calendar and you prioritize and that's why you do it. So that's, uh, that's perfect. Okay. NFA money formula. Let's talk about that. And then we're going to direct everyone where to go because you have to go here. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So nfamoneyformula.com. So this is an interesting tool I created because I have all these cool giveaways and I'm like, ooh, let's put them all in one place under the NFA money formula because all of them relate to the process that it takes to master yourself and master your money and reprogram your money mindset. So in the NFA money formula, step number one is recognition. So it's recognize. Step number two is reframe. And step number three is reprogram through repetitive action. So what those steps are in the in the number one part, recognize, I, I give you tools, I give you a money mindset quiz to start understanding what your money blocks are. Number two, in the reframes, I have people rewrite their money story so that they can start to understand how their money story is affecting them today. And then in number three, I offer a, a reprogram your money mindset course. And so, and in, in it also, there's a training in and of itself in that formula. So there's, I think, three hours of videos, tons of value. Like I, I love to give value to people at all different levels. Like I know some people aren't going to come up with the money to buy a course from me, you know, right. Maybe they're on food stamps and maybe they need free information. So there's plenty of it there. There's also paid program to work, you know, way deeper. So there's value across the board for people to start to understand how do I use this process of reframe, re, uh, recognize, reframe, reprogram. How do I do that and start practicing it so I can start to get different results? It's powerful stuff. I encourage everyone. I encourage you to go there. Uh, you also have a pretty awesome YouTube channel. So uh, give the it's it's NFA money on YouTube, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm so excited. I just, uh, I'm onboarding a new person. We had a little lull there for a little bit transitioning mm-hmm. people. And so now we're ramping back up to release five videos a week. So we, we give a ton of value on NFA money. Uh, it's about money confidence and it's directed toward entrepreneurs. So it's tips that are going to help you master your money mindset, be money confident. I love law of attraction and manifestation stuff, science-based quantum physics, practical actionable stuff. So those are the kinds of videos that people will get there. Awesome. Go there and subscribe, please. It's awesome. Um, what, uh, what book are you reading right now? Oh, so many good ones, but actually, I know I always have a lot of books around. Um, I'll give you two. This one I have, I'm using it in every month in, in all the masterminds I have. So a happy pocket full of money. And actually, if they go to my YouTube channel, I, ha- I have a couple of book chapter reviews of that one. Yesterday, I just started this one and I'm really loving it. Mindful money. Mm. So Mindful Money by Jonathan K. Dio, and he is a financial advisor Buddhist. So really interesting stuff so far that I'm reading. And already in chapter one, he talks about considering your your money story. And so very in alignment. So those are two awesome money books that I would recommend. Excellent. Yeah, you're the first person I've asked uh, as a guest on the show what they're reading. So I think I'm going to ah. start. I'm thinking I'm going to do start doing that a lot more. And you actually have a visual aid for those who are not uh, <laughs> watching the live or you know, the uh, the YouTube version. She showed them up on the screen. Before we wrap up. Anything else you want to you share that I didn't ask you or any, any final thoughts? 
You know, I'll go final thought. I always like to leave with inspiration and remind people how powerful they are. So something that's aligned my whole business is this Carl Jung quote. He says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And so combining that with this awareness that you're the creator of your reality. So always remember your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. So if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you've got to start transforming and changing what's within. This starts with your mindset and your beliefs. So if you're not succeeding in your business the way that you want to, you've got to start looking at money mindset. You've got to start reprogramming yourself for getting different results. So, and and remember you're powerful and you can change rapidly. I've done it. I've helped lots of people do it. It's absolutely 100% possible for you to succeed with the right, with the right beliefs. 100% agree. And I can attest to that as well. Personally, I love that final thought. I've heard you say it many times. Um, You are you are a gift. You have helped me tremendously. My relationships are better with my wife, my son, and other people. And my business is better as a result, a direct result of working for you. So thank you. I cannot stress it enough. I uh, appreciate you being on the show. I really, really uh, can't wait for this episode to air and for, and for the world to hear it. So thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Amanda. Yeah, such a joy. Thank you so much for having me yeah, on. Of course. Everyone have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Better Way with Real Estate Podcast. We would greatly appreciate if you left us a rating and review so we can continue to help you and others navigate the many hurdles of the home buying and selling process. Visit bkwpropertysolutions.com to learn more. And remember, there is a better way with real estate.